Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi, it's time for a foreplay. I'm certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again. And I'm here with marriage family therapist Tony Del Medico, my co-host. You can check us out on the web at foreplayrst.com. Find us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Lori, where will foreplay lead us today? Ooh, Tony, this is a good one. Uh, we have a, somebody wrote in, and Wonderful. we have a question today. It's about a woman who is 42 years old, and she couldn't care less about sex. Do you want to read it, or do you want me to read it, Lori? Sure, I I can read it. All right. Okay, dear Lori and Tony, I'm 42 years old, as is my wife. This is from the man. And we have two kids, five and seven, but the problem started long before the kids came along. When we met and married, sex was fabulous, but a couple years into the marriage, it happened a lot less frequency. Now my wife says she couldn't care less. She says she's fine. she finds me technically attractive, but doesn't think she would feel desire if I looked like Bradley Cooper. What is going on, and what can I do about this? Ouch. The, the Bradley Cooper phrase just killed me. I'm thinking if Bradley Cooper isn't doing it, there may be some serious problems there. Yeah, you know, but I don't think that that's really necessarily everything that turns a woman on is, is what a man looks like. I think, I think there's more going on usually than just that. I, I think men think that. Because they wouldn't want to have sex unless – if they didn't want to have sex, it would be because they didn't think she was attractive. What do you think? I think it depends on the man. Some men suffer from low libido. <laughs> some men will just do anything, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and some men will try to blame it on something, whether it's a weight gain, whether it's aging, uh-huh. whether it's being too tired. So I think it's, it, it's unique to the person. Um, yeah. I, I think as, as you read this and we read over it before the show, I was thinking about this term technically attractive. Uh-huh. And I was wondering if anything came to mind on that. So technically you're attractive, but really I'm not attracted to you. That's sort of hard to take as a as a partner, you know? Yeah, I think that women do say that a lot, though. And and certainly I feel that sometimes. I think men are technically attractive. I can see that they, you know, maybe have good looks, but I'm not really drawn to them. So – so when you read this, what were some of the things – obviously, if this couple had come into your office, right. this what is were some things that immediately start going through your mind as you hear the story? Okay. So I, I mean this is my bread and butter, right? People come in with this problem 
all day long, and I've been working on this for years. And this is a lot of what my book is about, Wanting Sex Again. Right. So definitely, um, you know, I have a lot of questions for her and for him. But the first thing I would want to know is, number one, does she have orgasms? Because a lot of women, for whatever reason, maybe she was orgasmic in the beginning, but she's too tired or he didn't get it right or something, and she stops having orgasms. And without orgasms, women are not going to have libido. And some women, even at 42, they never figured it out. And so, you know, it it died a long time ago. As a marriage and family therapist, I'm always wondering, I mean, this is his perspective. He's saying sex was wonderful when we were together. And I'm curious, I'd be really curious to know what her experience of of their sex life was like. Yeah, does she remember it the same way? Were they even on the same page? Uh Yeah, exactly. Uh, Or did she tell him what she was feeling? I mean, I think so many women don't talk about their experience. It's it's silent. You know, they just let it let it be instead of telling him this isn't working for me or I'm not as excited about it as you are, and this is why. So that it could have been corrected early, right? And it's not. So if, if you go if you go to orgasms first, Lori. Uh, and you find that she is orgasmic or was orgasmic in uh-huh. the beginning. Um, what do you do with that information then? Okay. So, so I'm having so orgasms, but I'm not attracted to him. Yeah, so what and do I do? Sometimes women say things that men think is crazy is, yeah, I have great orgasms, but doesn't make me want to do it again. And, and that probably makes men's mind just explode inside. It's like they don't understand that. But I think for women, sex is very complicated. It's It's a complex process. And it, there's meaning be, behind it other than just physiological release. Okay, the next thing I want to know is just technically, does she have any pain problems? Um, you know, it's it's crazy, but a lot of women do have pain problems. For instance, um, they decide, well, I just I want to make him happy. And so they're having intercourse before they're really aroused, before their body is ready, mm-hmm. and it hurts. And over time, that can create a big problem. And then they have pain problems from then on. And then there's other technical things. We don't necessarily want to talk about it. But you who are out there and suffer pain problems, you know what I'm talking about it. It's the three Vs, vestibulitis, vaginismus, and vulvodynia, which is all weird pain things that happen to women. And unfortunately, it happens more commonly than we're aware of. you got to run straight to your gynecologist And if your gynecologist doesn't help you, go to a pelvic pain specialist. Um, Because a lot of women, they bounce from doctor to doctor. They have these issues. And by the time they get to them, to me, they feel a little crazy. Like, you know, I've been told it's in my head, but really, I think it's in my body. And most of the time I say to them, it is in your body. And then I get them to the specialist that they need. So So that's one thing that I check out. Just just, I want to know, are you aroused? Are you really aroused enough so that it's comfortable? Are you using a lubricant? Um, you know, and, and is that part of the problem? I'm thinking about children five and seven, and this idea of just taking your time is really hard to do with two small children in the house. Sure. Everything is sped sure. up. So. Everything is hard to do with yeah. two small children. Well, I'm but, wondering- but he's saying these problems were way before kids. I mean, that complicates it, right? Right. I, I think about children, they're kind of, they come in to the marriage. But there's often cracks in the sex life before they get there, and then yeah. this is just the grand cavern. Yeah, and the sad thing is they, they're thinking that this is going to bring us actually closer together when, in fact, you know, these children just lay those vulnerable spots wide open. Sure, yeah. children are big stressors on any relationship. Yeah. I mean, they're wonderful. We love them, but 
it's a lot of work. Yeah. So I, I think the next thing I want to ask her is how much kind of natural libido does she have? So I ask her, how often do you think about sex yourself? And, you know, women think about sex very differently than men think about sex. You know, for a man, he sees a woman and he's thinking about doing her, right, having sex with her. And for women, they have a more mild fantasy life. So maybe they think, gosh, she's got great hair or they think, you know, uh, some magazine in the grocery store kind of triggers them to think, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I know that about sex. Those are actually the beginnings of sexual fantasies for women. Or she hears a sexy song that she heard in high school and, you know, it's like she remembers. That is a sexual fantasy. So I ask women, it's not just do you think about having sex, but do you get triggered sexually through kind of the environment, does that happen for you? And that's what I'm looking for. Sort of where is your sexual thermostat set? Right. And, and if a woman gives me the answer, and this is going to sound crazy low to you, Tony, <laughs> but <laughs> if a woman gives me an answer, I think about sex twice a month. To me, you know, that's great news. Okay. I, I can get her there because what I want to have happen is I want her to initiate those two times during the month. Fabulous. And I want her to learn to be receptive because women have kind of more receptive desire. They get turned on and they're open to sex, but they don't necessarily have that part that says, yeah, I want to do it right now. So I want her to learn to act on the two times a month and then to become aware of her receptive desire. And that often brings a good match for in a heterosexual couple, mm. you know. So, yeah, it brings both of their thermostats more in line over right. time is what you're right. saying. So you're really working on this mismatch. Yes, yes. Um, and, and I would say the number one thing in a coupleship that shuts women down is the emotional connection between her and her partner, especially with small children. I'm going to argue it, and, and you can all write in and argue with me, but, <laughs> I mean, really women are still doing more than their fair share with small children. They're doing more household management, more childcare, and resentment becomes the monster under the bed. And it, still having full-time careers on top and, of it now. And still having, right? yes, absolutely. Right. In addition to, so but, we haven't stepped up yeah, to the and, the and the resentment about that is just huge, and it kills their sexual desire. So it steals that. And so that's what I want to know. And I ask women, you know, does he listen to you, and does he respect you? Because you can't ask, you know, we're in the South. You can't ask a Southern woman, is your marriage good? She's going to say yes. Yeah. But you can try to figure out what she feels really qualitatively about the relationship by those two questions. So you're, you're speaking to the power dynamics and the unwritten rules. Not mm -hmm. only are you going to now be an educated professional in your own field, but you're also going to be mother, cook, chauffeur. Right, PTA. taking it on too much. Yeah, and I'll, I'll cut the grass on Sundays after I play my round of golf. Yeah, and I, I do have men tell me, you know, no, Lori, I do everything. I, I, you know, I cook, I clean, I t take care of the children. This is not what the problem is. But sometimes there are deeper dynamics. It's not just the doing. It's that she doesn't feel deeply connected to him. Yeah. You know, somehow or another, their friendship is lost. They're not sharing vulnerably. They're not talking about the things that are significant. I, I mean, I think the number one thing a man can do to help emotional connection is listen to his wife. Listen to her just on a daily basis. Let her not fix it, but just let her rant a little bit about her day. And that can be a wonderful connector for her. Great. 
Well, Lori, this is bringing us to the end of the first half of yes. our episode on She Couldn't Care Less About Sex. So we'll be right back after this short break. Okay, back with some more foreplay in a minute. Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com and sign up for their next couples retreat weekend hosted by Lori watson awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible Welcome back to Fourth Play Radio Sex Therapy. We appreciate you fooling around with us today. <laughs> the, uh, in the first part of the show, Lori, we had a, um, a listener write in, and um, they were it was a couple, a 42-year-old man who had written in. Uh, they had two small kids, five and seven, and they were finding that, that while they had started out as a couple with a great sex life, uh, after these, after with the coming of these kids and over time. Um, he was finding that she was just not attracted to him anymore. So she was technically attracted, but their sex life has really fallen off. Right. And again, I, I don't think it's necessarily about attraction. I think that it is it is so different for women. There's so something... you're, you're not buying the Bradley Cooper thing. No, I, I mean, okay. I think I hear that all the time. It, it isn't. He could be very good looking. Okay. And she may think he's very good looking. And it's more than that. Uh, I mean, I think. We kind of talked about, you know, first of all, we want to make sure she's having orgasms. We want to make sure she's not having any kind of pain problems and wondering what she thinks about. Does she allow herself sexual fantasy or any kind of thought? And what is the big connection between the two of them? Are they friendly and warm and connected? I think that oftentimes with children, there's just not as much time and they let that go, right? We often prioritize our children and then suddenly there's no time for the couple. We become mommies and daddies instead of lovers. Right. Yeah. So I think the next thing I, I would want to know from her is just sort of does she have anxiety, depression? Uh, is she on any kind of medication? Many times women get on antidepressants because this is the lowest time of satisfaction in any marriage is when we have small children. That is just statistically the worst time for a marriage. So. Just try to get through it, everybody, uh, you know, and, and it gets better. But I would say sometimes women are managing with real depression. They're on an antidepressant, and that kills libido, and it kills orgasm for them. Lori, I'm also thinking about birth control. After two children, oh, they may you. not want a thank third you. one, and yes. that is a libido killer. It, it also can cause pain problems because it can dry out her vaginal tissue. That's a big one. Yeah, I mean, birth control, I often listen, and women kind of – it. It makes sense. They'll say, you know, I'm attracted to him. We're great friends. He respects me, you know, but there's just something in my body. I just don't crave it. And this is, let's say, a young 42-year-old or a 32-year-old. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, 
<sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You know, and and something tells me, okay, go back, maybe get an IUD instead of the birth control pill and see what happens then. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm I vote for IUDs for most women. I As think that that to the pill. oh yeah. yeah if you're if you're not going to have children or you're waiting some period of time in between you know the birth control pill can really stop libido mm-hmm. and that's the big problem with I know he's just forty two but if he was fifty two or or forty seven would you be advocating a vasectomy oh, yes I mean if they're done with kids any age get the vasectomy yeah. absolutely yeah. and forty two it's possible that she is um, perimenopausal which means she's starting to have hormonal changes that are shutting her down. But he's saying, no, 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 this happened before children. So, I mean, this is, this is probably not hormonal in my mind. Right. I I wouldn't go there first, but I would at least check out her meds and and stuff like that. Yeah. I think getting away from this just a bit, it it is, it is a sad and ironic thing that um, birth control has created so much liberation for women and given women so much power. And on the flip side of it, it dampens libido. So it's it's a shame they haven't come up with a way to have your cake and eat it too and, and actually have the libido. I know they've just come out with a pill that's supposed to be for women. Right, right. And we can talk libido, about but, that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but you're right about the pill. I mean, we think that this provides sort of a Cadillac way of not to have to worry about birth control. And then suddenly it shuts down libido. And, and men tell me, well, you know what? She was on the pill for five years when we were dating it, it didn't seem to do anything to her libido then. Mm-hmm. But I think what happens for women is in new relationships, their excitement about that, their arousal kind of overrides the negative effects of the pill. And and there's a cumulative effect um, over time that can impact her. So sometimes women in good relationships where everything else seems to be right have some relief when they change birth control methods. Gotcha. So you're saying cumulative just by taking a certain yeah. pill for a certain amount of time. Right, exactly, gotcha. okay. exactly. Even the low estro- estrogen ones are problematic because let me tell you a physiological little fact while we're at it. Sure. Is estrogen binds with testosterone and testosterone is the hormone in both men and women that gives us that physical hunger, that wanting sex. And so without that, um, you know, the, it can be bound together with the estrogen in the pill. Um, so we have a problem. So talk to your gynae about that. Gotcha. I'm coming back to technically attractive. I know we keep wanting to move <laughs> on from that. And I think we're trying to get at um, you're really talking about desire mm-hmm. because you have people oftentimes who come in are extraordinarily physically attractive yes. on the outside uh, even to each other. Yes. Um, and yet you can't sense any deep desire or connection underneath. And so if couples are going to reconnect, mm-hmm. I think that's what we're getting at is trying to take – looking at the technical problems. You know, uh-huh. Are there any things that need to be reset sure. physiologically? And then how do you go about working that desire piece? I, I think some of it for me is just kind of shaving off what doesn't work, You know, trying to figure out and fixing all the things that don't work. And then wondering about the attraction piece. I I was talking to a young woman this week, and she said, somewhere mid-marriage, she's just not attracted to him. And, you know, that's a really scary thing for anybody to hear. You know, my partner is no longer attracted to me. Oh, my gosh. Do you think that's a natural stage 
in a long-term relationship? No, I really don't. I don't. For many women, that are, and men too, I don't think that that's natural. I think that for women, attraction is not necessarily about physical looks. Right. There's something, particularly this woman, we, we nailed it down to, you know, he got preoccupied, he got busy, and she said, you know, sometimes I dress it up and I walk into the room and he might say, you look nice, but there isn't that pop, that male energy. And I mm-hmm. think for women, a, being attracted, being turned on is so much about turning on the other one, you know, mm-hmm. turning on the man visually, just kind of having that male energy come your way is so exciting to women. Right. And so without his reciprocity in the game, you know, that kind of falls away. And he's thinking, okay, you know, it's it's like now we're married and I don't necessarily need to give that reassurance, that verbal compliment. And I, I got to say, there's a billion dollar industry out there in romance novels. And it's all about him describing to her how attracted he is. You're so beautiful. You look so great. Yeah. And women just respond to that and they mm-hmm. feel attractive and often feel more attracted to the person who is making them feel that way. Well, it's interesting. As I, as I work with lots of men in my practice, it is not uncommon for men who have been in committed relationships for a while to come in a bit confused. Like they thought that the wooing part of the relationship stopped once mm-hmm. they decided to throw in together. Mm-hmm. And they come in going, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that I needed to, kept, I, I needed to keep closing. I needed sure. to keep yeah. Being on the prowl and the hunt, I actually have to keep working here in this right. relationship. I thought I would just sit back and I did all my, that. my sandwiches would be brought uh, yeah. to me on the couch on Sundays while I, I watch the that. football game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've done that. Like, what more does she want? And yeah. it, it's sort of I'm not sure where that comes from in the culture. Like, a, somehow you just give up after you've you've gotten your I don't know what the right word is. You've captured your prey. I mean, right. Almost, the hunt is over, and so yeah. maybe the excitement is yeah. over. Yeah. I, I do think, though. I mean, there is something about living with someone, right? Where they become familiar to exactly. us. Exactly. You know, we, we see them in all kinds of states when they're sick, you know, when they're having bad moods, you know, when they're down and out. Uh, when they're in the bathroom. When, oh, hopefully they don't see <laughs> right. that. Totally. Even by accident. I mean, you're, you're living closely together. And right. you're, on, you're on top of one another. Right. Um, and that familiarity, I think, does change our feelings of attraction. Well, I know? think that's what I was getting at earlier. And I'm not sure you understood my question. I was wondering... If every couple got to this stage of sort of taking each other for granted in some form or fashion mm-hmm. at some point in the relationship. So when this couple comes in like this, you say it's your bread and butter, it would seem like to me that most couples bump up against this familiarity thing, taking right. each other for granted. Right. So, And you can normalize that, I think, with people that come in. You're, you're actually right where you're supposed to be. Sure. You know? I, I mean, I, and I think there does have to be some sort of mystery in the relationship. We have to have active, full lives outside of our marriage, so we have something to talk about, something that we're excited about that we bring into the relationship that kind of infuses it with something else other than just the bills, the children talking about what's wrong between us, right? I mean, there has to have that excitement that we bring to it. I I would also say another thing that happens in couples in long-term relationship is they start to have sex in the same old way. You know, it's sort of like go upstairs, pull down the sheets, get ready, do it, clean up, go to sleep. And and pretty soon nobody wants to do that. It's so boring. I would say a good – this is crazy, but a good 20% of the women who come in and say, I have low libido. I never want to do it again. 
really, as it turns out, they have good erotic parts. They, they do think about sex. They do, they are very sexual, but maybe they've tried to communicate to their partner what they like and he's forgotten about it or he doesn't do it. And they, they are actually more erotic than their partner. Wow. You know, but for some reason, as women, we feel like we, we can't own it. And so we shut down. We don't necessarily manage the sex life in the direction that makes it work for us. And so this, the sexiness of sex is just gone and then nobody wants to do it. And with him pressing, that probably just causes her to recede further behind the facade of not being interested. Right. So somehow the dynamic needs to shift so that that can come out. Right. And he might be pressing. We don't know, but he might be pressing for it his way. Right. Let's just do it frequently. Get it done. You know, I had a girlfriend who really was sexual. And then her husband just basically, it was a shout out from the shower. Hey, hon, you want to do it? It's like it wasn't good for her. Yeah. Same old, same old. Well, Lori, we're rapidly approaching the end of our session today on this. And um, I loved your thinking, both from the technical side and the relational side. Mm-hmm. And I think if couples can hit both of those, um, you're saying, and if there's some desire there, there's hope for this relationship, if they're willing to put in the time and the effort. Right. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a tip for the so, day on sure. this? Sure. I think the tip couple? of the day, yeah. I guess a tip for this couple. Yeah. Right. The tip of the day for this couple is it's complex. Don't don't take it personally. Don't be afraid that she's not attracted to you. But understand that this is a very complex mechanism for her to have continuous desire and try to explore all these aspects with her. Ask her questions. Yeah. I think my tip is is just to say, um, yay, that you had enough courage to write in. This is a yeah. first step in doing something about this because you could easily be sitting here 10 years from now with the same problem. So that's hopeful in and of itself. So great job and, and just keep Keep trying to open to it. Right. Thank you so much for this, yeah. this letter. Yeah. Um, well, that's about it for Radio Sex Therapy Today. I'm marriage and family therapist Tony Delmedico with Lori Watson, author and sex therapist. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time for some more Foreplay. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. <laughs>